Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Sarbhi Shukla, your host, and today we're in conversation with my first boss ever when I started out in the industry, Isha Bhansali. Isha's sense of style is fun and bold, and that's very visible in both the projects she's worked on as well as her personal style. She's not afraid to challenge perceptions and add a bit of flair and drama to the looks she creates. Take Aishman Khurana for example. Isha has curated most of his looks and we see the versatility shining through all of his varied looks. On today's episode of the podcast, we're excited to be speaking with Isha on her approach to menswear styling, her perspective on fashion, and so much more. Isha, welcome to the show. Sir, we it's such a pleasure to talk to you finally. I'm I'm very happy to catch up with you. It's been a very long time. It has been a really long time and it's so interesting and I feel like it's life has come full circle because I had my start in the industry from you. And but how well have you grown? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but now I just kind of want to talk to you about how you had your start in the industry. Oh wow, I always wanted to be a stylist. Mhm. I actually have an editorial background just like you. But uh, I started in 2006. My first job was at a luxury lifestyle magazine mm-hmm. called Beautiful People that sadly doesn't exist anymore. But uh, it was a great experience. And even to my assistants today that I always tell them that the knowledge you'll get in magazines, you'll never get it again. It is an education. It's an education. Absolutely. And the exposure and the education and the training that you get while you're working in a magazine Not is... to mention the discipline. And the discipline, yes. to start with actually yeah that's the kind of background i have and then did a little former years of that and i went on to styling celebrities i kind of i don't know how menswear happened but it kind of happened very organically and i really feel like it's like a new chapter because i was primarily a women's wear stylist yeah it was just like in fact 10 20% of menswear male models i worked with yeah now i think it's like a new chapter which i feel like I'm I'm enjoying this so you know every day I'm learning new things every day so I don't think that ever ends thankfully yeah I don't think that ever ends no so Isha you first styled Aishman Khurana and Bhumi Pednekar for an editorial shoot yes at Femina soon after that Aishman called you and you styled him for an award ceremony right god bless him <laughs> yes take us back to that moment and how you built out that relationship i obviously didn't expect it because i was working in a magazine and uh, it was a lovely shoot that i had with both of them they just came up with their film and it was like a valentine issue and they were the hit couple because they just released a really lovely film together aishman really loved the clothes mm-hmm. that we had at the shoot and uh, whatever we didn't use he's like you know i'm i love the, a few of the other suits that we've not used i have an event coming up can i just do that and i thought it'll just be just for that i'm like yeah sure why don't you and um, Thankfully I mean God bless him I'm just very happy that he loved my work and I guess the rest was history. Yeah. It was it obviously started slow. Uh he, he was at a very different space in his career as well that time. He also had a lot of gigs at that time. Yeah. Which I think he still does now. But uh he started a lot of singing and he cuz he had just formed his band that time. So he called me a lot in 2016 initially. Uh I did a few more projects with him while I was at Femina as well. but um i then i realized i think this is what i want to explore mm-hmm. something very different and my work was standing out how different is your process to styling a celebrity for their appearances versus styling them for an editorial shoot or a cover shoot 
Yeah, so I think a great question because the processes have been very different. So, Surbi, I have always worked with a mood board mm-hmm. for a celebrity as well. I don't know if other stylists do that now, but because I have the kind of training and I'm so used to it, I cannot not have a mood board. There's many times where I'm the only one on set with a mood board. Exactly, yeah. you know what I mean, right? Yeah. But having said that, I of course have to make sure that I keep a mood board, keeping the personality in mind. Yeah. Which, of course, with, uh, I mean, if you're doing, if you're working with models, mm-hmm. you know, they are, of course, you know, they adapt to the trends. Yes. Because that's their personality. Correct. They look good in each and everything, right? Because yeah. that's the job. Now, when you're doing a cover shoot, it's kind of like in between both these. Because mm-hmm. you're working with a celebrity for a cover. But at the same time, you are following spring, summer, fall, winter. Also, because it's magazine, which is very in terms of time bound, you know, yeah. it's like a magazine. Like for Femina came fortnightly. So we yeah. had more pressure on us to come yeah. up with different trends. Micro trends also we focused a lot on. Yes. So that was like a combination of the personality as well as the trends. Yeah. With a celebrity, the starting point is him yeah. or her. And where The way going. they are, the way they think, what they love, what they hate. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I was seeing uh, Law Roach's interview very recently... Yeah. After he announced his retirement, he spoke about that process. And I, I, I could relate to that at a great level. Because even when I began to style Ayushman, or even when I began to style Rajkumar Rao, when I began to style Irfan Sir, we used to, like in the beginning, I got a lot of outfits as well to kind of get to know them as people. I, I also felt like understanding their psychology played a huge role in mm. my work because that's really important to keep in mind when you're getting clothes for them. Yeah. Because Shakespeare rightly said it, make it the man, right? So we had to kind of also make sure that they also make it the clothes in the way yeah. the way they kind of pull it across and pull it yeah. off because they need to be really comfortable in what they wear. And they just, they should enjoy it as much as we do. Um, and it comes through when they don't. And it comes through when they don't. Absolutely. Yeah. You can see yeah. it on their face. So yeah, coming back to Law Roach's interview, he said that he brings this tons and tons of clothes and he also asked them what they don't like. And that's exactly what I did. In the beginning when I styled these boys. Yeah. You know, tell me what you hate. I will never get that again. Yeah. So I'm kind of, so these are all the processes when you're getting to know them as people. Mm. So that is a big difference, I think, you know, from these and two things. does your personality or your personal style and preferences also inform how they, how you dress them? Ah, you know, so that's also a great question because it's kind of a challenge to keep our personal tastes aside. There are quite a lot of elements that I personally don't like. And they're very small things, like a few trimmings here and there, or maybe a few colors here and there. Like I do have, uh, I wouldn't say I have a favorite color because I really feel that color is just so universal. But there are certain colors I feel I just are not fresh enough. But then at the same time, everybody, you know, they, I mean, there's a way to style it. Yeah. So you either make it or break it kind of thing. So I do try to keep my personal biases aside. Yeah. Uh, it's really tough to not, because you're breathing clothes in and out. Hmm. It's very tough to not do that. But then, like I said, I think I keep their personality in mind. So every time now I'm sourcing, hmm. I first my process is, oh my God, this is amazing. This is going to look amazing on Aishman. Or this is going to look great on Raj. Or Irfan sir will pull this off like a king. I definitely look at it like that. But there have been times where I feel like, you know, he's never worn this before. Do you think I should make him wear it? It's so beautiful. Look at the craftsmanship. Look at the way it's been worn. Look at the way I can, oh, I can style it like this. I think I can do something different like that. 
it's like a combination. The only way I can succeed in doing that is because when I have a muse who lets me do it. And Aishwan always did. Mm. And the, the reason he always did, and everybody asked me this question, you know, like how experimenting he is. Is he open to everything? So he's an artist himself. And just like me, he also considers fashion as art. Yeah. For him, it's not just clothes. And even with Irfan, sir, he was just like that. For him, it was pure art. Like, I still feel no one can carry off a lungi like the way he did. Yeah, so I styled him in this lovely Abraham and Thakur lungi like in the past. And he wore it with a shirt and sandals. And my God, he was badass. He was so good. And I feel like he was one personality. Uh, God, I really miss him. But he was one personality who had elegance and swag in equal measure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Unmatched. Exactly. So basically... If I'm really loving something or if I really appreciate something, I definitely bring it forth. But I try to keep my personal biases aside because I think... But you know what? He has become the other way around. My style has become a little androgynous. My mom's like, dude, I think I only see you in jackets. I said, don't I? I mean, come on, they look great. And it's like architecture. And, I, and I'm so like... I love it. I, I love men's clothes. And I feel like, why can't women wear more and more of that? So you find your personal style being a little bit more synergetic with your work now? Yeah, it's been the other way around. That's interesting. So tell me, like, you were obviously a women's wear stylist. Yes. And then you did this, uh, you turned left. (laughs) I turned left. How did that happen? I don't, you know, um, so before I styled Ayushman, I had also had a chance to style Ajay Devgan for another magazine. And um, I remember my sister telling me that, Okay, dude, he looks really different. And what have you done? I said, what? She's like, I've never seen him so stylish. And the thing is, you know, so we, I, I did not do anything too extravagant. It's Achai Devgan. Like what, you know, like there's a certain path to this. But he, he stood out. And for someone as classic as him, you know, it was like, yeah. it was like, it just stood out so well. I said, you know, I think my work, on on men and especially personal, I mean, celebrities or like real people yeah. kind of stood out more than I feel my work on models and cover shoots. Correct. So maybe I think I was better at observing people's personality rather than putting trends on models. And menswear had a lot of scope. And, you know, the last seven years would be the amount of brands. I mean, now, you know, even designers used to do women's wear have begun to do menswear, right? Yeah. Like there was Gigi, Amit, Rimzim, primarily all women's wear designers. They started to do some fantastic tuxedos, beautiful suits, Rimzim does such gorgeous bandh, with the same technique that she uses on her women's wear. So I'm just so happy with this, this revolution. Yeah. And evolution also, because I just feel like we've grown so much in the men's wear market. Yeah. And, and um, very quickly. Very quickly. So yeah. thank God for that. And I think it happened at the right time. I mean, good for me. And I think for a stylist, we are as strong as the resources we have. That's true. But I also feel like stylists are also responsible for pushing designers to do yes. things differently. Yes. Okay. There are still some some designers on my list who I wish I could hypnotize and ask them to start doing menswear. <laughs> because they have so much potential. Okay, like yeah. AMPM, for example. Yeah. I keep, t- when are you guys going to do menswear? Yeah, because their tailoring it's and their so prints good. would lend themselves so nicely. Exactly. Can you yeah. please put it out there? Help me with this. I will. <laughs> okay, so from here, we move into the second segment mm-hmm. of the podcast, which is a little bit of an industry deep dive. Hmm. Obviously, with our profession, we do have a little bit of 
um, eagle's eye view on the industry, but I wanted mm. to get your perspective on a few things, mm-hmm. right? So when you create a look, and especially because you style celebrities, it's going to be in the public eye, and a lot of people are going to have a lot of opinions. Is that something that you take into account when you're styling? People are entitled to have an opinion, mm-hmm. but it's for us to let them allow them to change our decisions. Mm-hmm. They can exist, but they don't need to change my decisions. Fair enough. So I tell you what I keep in mind when I'm, especially you know, styling someone like Aishman. Mm-hmm. Our outfits depend on his outings. His yeah. so like for example, if he's appearing on say a reality TV show. it has a mass audience and this is something that he knows best i wouldn't know his audience he knows his audience better than i do i mean i know it by now i've been working with him for so long but yeah. i can't take that away from him right yeah. he knows his audience better than me so if he feels that isha i think this is too experimental for them to understand this give me something more simpler so that they understand what it is yeah and let's do and if this is so like extravagant okay you know maybe we could i i love it you know give it to me on another time and then so we decide uh i decide the look but he kind of also kind of has a say in where he could wear it on a slightly different note hmm. some stylists and i've been guilty of this myself have the problem of oversourcing <laughs> right the thing is a lot of projects demand that of of you hmm but this is something that you also need to consciously adopt into your process is this something that you think about or is there any other like ethical practice With, that you've yeah. adopted into your process i actually hate it i hate oversourcing mm-hmm. it's a logistical nightmare it's a logistical nightmare but that comes second it's for a me. cost as well that's also comes second for me yeah what comes first to me are my lovely designers I mean they are really giving out. Yeah. They have their heart in every little thread they've made. That's true. For them that that collection of 20 outfits is much more than for us we see 40 outfits every week. That's true but also yeah and for most other people it's just an option. It's a rack filler. No, I would yeah. not say I don't get options. So there's a there's a line. Yeah. And genius is knowing when to stop. That doesn't mean you don't get options. That just that doesn't mean you go to a shoot with one shirt. No, not at all. You know, I have been guilty too, but I mean I have reasons. Look, it's like there for example there was one cover shoot that I did with Aishman and the location was cancelled last minute. Like by last minute I literally mean one day, one night prior, one evening prior. And I had to suddenly get extra clothes. because we ended up doing it in a studio and you know like you know it was an editorial so even location makes so much of a difference to the mood board yeah we went from doing savaroisk uh dapper dandy outfits to metallics in a studio that was one of my favorite covers by the way it went from there to there i sourced trust me we could do five shoots with the kind of sourcing i had done that day Wow. I I really avoid doing that. So like I said first because I mean I I don't want to take so much from designers, you know. And the thing is like okay, so for us in our country, the biggest the biggest thing is this Bombay Delhi divide, right? Most of fashion is in Delhi and like and, and Bollywood is in Bombay. Yeah. So we work with couriers a lot. We work with that a lot and I really feel like it's with that in mind they part with their clothes longer than any Bombay designer would. Yeah. So it's I have to keep all of that in mind 
and then again again yes then coming back to what is a logistical nightmare like so honestly even so even when i show ayushman like a heap of clothes he's like dude so now he's a really busy man now if i if i ever like show him so many like i don't have the time to try all this yeah so and i have to learn how to edit i don't want to confuse him and yeah. then i i also don't want to confuse myself i mean i love all of them i love each of the clothes whatever i saw i love everything but you know maybe we'll we'll do it for later or we'll keep it for later and there visual is visual saturation is a real thing for sure and exactly yeah. like what you said i think genius is knowing where to edit yeah exactly but from that we move on into the next segment which is all about our homegrown labels yes i'm going to give you a few scenarios hmm. and you're going to have to pick okay. your edit <laughs> of your favorite homegrown brands in that category okay okay hmm. so your go to homegrown brand for casual menswear silanesia mm like he's he does this casual cool underground like he's done a fantastic collection recently that had this very underground vibe to it's it very nice, yeah. it's so cool right yeah. i think he does casual very well how about ethnic wear for men i mean i love sabia denim denim in menswear mm-hmm. okay so this is a bit of a catch because i really feel like we need to do more denims i know 111 does denims yeah. but there's a certain mood to it yeah you want to talk about the raw denim the authentic denim like we have our levis you know something like that mm-hmm. um do you you know you know country made i love country i love country made exactly yeah. do you like his his denims are underrated so good but they're raw Yeah. unwashed mm-hmm. but i love the denim sushant has done and i told him you know why don't you just sell just the denim but also his tailoring is so oh, good beautiful it's... oh that's that's another topic yeah so his denims are great and okay so there's this new label called hero yeah which is the sister of jay from jay walking hero shop yes of course yes yeah i don't know she's she's not done men's denims yet but i her her denims on uh, women's denims are fantastic really i have to check that out love the washes that she's done love the techniques they're really good i've seen her dresses and the tailoring on those are her really good her denims are fantastic how about streetwear for men ah so many I mean I I mean on, I think on top of our head Jay Walking is one thing that always comes on our on our mind but I also love Not One Abhishek Patni his streetwear and he's been doing streetwear for a long time yeah for a very long time in fact yeah. he was one of the first streetwear labels in our country and um, I just think like he's so cool who's your go to menswear designer for jewelry So so these are labels actually and there are like a lot of these new drip jewelry uh labels that are coming up which are <laughs> please tell I, me on more. my neck please oh yeah please tell me more about this um there is drip project okay that is really cool there's high flyer jewels that is very cool there's zillionaire but these are all like like i said ice on my neck <laughs> which is like the really cool badass it's contemporary and yeah. contemporary yes yeah. but i know um I mean I think Yoram has been doing some lovely pendants yeah. that is kind of working really well and Misha also would probably I mean it's the kind of versatile right they're unisex so they could work We've seen a lot of international celebrities in Indian designers recently especially with the launch of Nmax Yes If you had to style an international male celebrity hmm who would you style them in no. In an Indian designer right Yeah I love to see Andrew Garfield in I could say Rohit Rahul. But you know I love it. I I forgot the name of his stylist but I love the work that his stylist is also doing recently. He's been doing a great job. I love him in Xenia. 
and mm-hmm. his stylist yeah. styles him in Xenia very often. Yeah. There were two looks that I gave Aishman mm-hmm. and he wore the same thing. Yeah. And I just loved what I mean both of them look great. Where do you see the space of Indian designers? How do you see them evolving further? Oh, it's, it's sky's the limit, I think. We've come a long way in the last mm-hmm. 20 years. But you're talking about menswear specifically, then we've come a long way in the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh we did have a few menswear labels who've been acing this, you know, I gave a few names. Yeah. And I also told you but I'm so happy that a few women's wear designers have begun to do menswear and they're acing it in no time. Like in the first drop is only fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I remember Gigi's first collection for menswear. It just blew my mind. Same thing for Amit. Same thing for Rimzum. Like she got the same techniques like I mentioned. Yeah. And do you think that there is <clears throat> enough interest? Oh, there's a lot of interest. Yeah. In fact, I will tell you the reason Fashion Week I love the menswear shows more than the women's wear shows because it's just so refreshing. And um it's it's great to see this and it's become a worldwide phenomenon because I feel it's not just the designers who are doing this, it's not just the fashion industry. I feel everybody is even accepting it. Right. Like I am seeing a lot of pinks in menswear Zara. Yeah. And it's you know it's all kinds of, i mean it's not just a certain segment of boys yeah, it's buying not it. just it's the navy blues exact, and grays and exactly. whites and black so it's it's become a worldwide thing mm-hmm. and it's become like this i mean i feel the demand is kind of supporting that kind of supply and how do you think these brands could make them selves a little bit more discoverable i feel let's have a menswear day let's have a menswear fashion week maybe mm-hmm. just two days if not five the way they have it internationally mm-hmm. but no i i feel a little more importance needs to be given to menswear in all ways and yeah. all kinds of designers not only streetwear labels so that like you know you can have like because there's this huge that is another evolution that has that's yeah. happened you know uh in menswear specifically so and that's how italy does it as well exactly like yeah. you have the pity yeah. the pity womo uh, yeah. the whole trade fair that's happening it's only for menswear so i i mean i I don't know if that kind of scale is really advisable at this level but it's a start. Yeah. And I feel we should really like promote that. I think that format is something that, that we format. could look at. Exactly. Can you recommend a good footwear designer for men? I like Shutik stuff. Shutik is good. Um I like Escaro Royal, I like Pelle Santino, uh, they international as they may sound but they all homegrown labels. So we collectively as an industry can't wait to see the homegrown space evolve and come to the forefront um whether in india or globally and collaborations have obviously always played a pivotal role hmm. because it's such an amalgamation of aesthetics yeah what are the collaborations that you've seen recently that you've resonated with i mean i think sabia hnm was a rage yes i i, rem- I remember even hearing his podcast about how <laughs> i mean he got a lot of flack for unavailability of clothes right because yeah. it was sold out in no time immediately immediately yeah i think that's a great thing that yeah. says a lot it does that says a lot and i'm pretty sure he takes it in in a good way okay so the reason you know so we the reason why i i it resonates with me because it was i think it was sold the world over right yes and that's that's exactly what is needed yeah we want i mean we've been quite exposed to the west right yeah it's about time they are exposed to us and that is why i loved it on that scale who hmm. would you like to see the world discover next from the couturers yeah people know gigi already mm-hmm. i think even like amit needs to get out there yeah. amit needs to get out there for sure i'm talking about taste you know kind of fashion that will kind of work even there and i mean i mean so happy for gigi and rahul mishra mm-hmm. abu sandeep obviously started very early on because i remember 
Many, 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 many years ago, Judi Dench had won Abu Sandeep, this beautiful grey shirwani at the Oscars. This must be some 15, I don't know, very long time ago, very, yeah. very long time ago. Um, so, and I know that they have already started their journey. But I feel, I think um, from the younger lot, I would even like to see a lot of Rimzum internationally. Yeah. That'll be nice. You know, Hemant and Nandita. So good. They have a huge international clientele, I think. Yeah, they do. So yeah, um, that is one. And I feel, I think even the streetwear labels need to get out there. Yeah, for sure. We which, need to have that. Yeah. Which international designers would you like to see collaborate with an Indian designer? I think let's have an international accessory label with an Indian designer. Uh, for example, you know, we've already seen Pero with Adidas. Mm-hmm. And we just spoke about how much we love Rajesh Pratap Singh. Yes. You know, imagine. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if he had to come up with, you know, maybe like footwear. If he had to come up with. Yeah, that'd be amazing. A, yeah, um, or maybe like a line of leather accessories, which will go really well with his outfits. You know, we need to have an Indian designer collaborate with a sunglass brand. You saw the yeah. col- collaboration of Martin Margiela with Gentle Monster. So good. That is what yeah. we need with a Gigi. Mm. That is what we need with the Rimzum. That is what we need with with any metallic of fibers exactly. in an acetate form. Exactly. Like so good. Exactly. You know, yeah. so that is what we need. And and I feel like you don't need to be I mean, it doesn't have to resonate into it doesn't have to be exactly the same clothing line because yeah. At the end of the day, with geniuses like, you know, like Rajesh Pratap Singh yeah. or Sabya Sachi or a Gaurav Gupta, it's beyond their clothes. No, it's it's, all, it's about their their idea. Yeah. God, at the end of the day, it just it's all about what goes on in their head. Yeah. And if we can get that same aesthetic with any other accessory brand, which I'm sure they'll do, it'll be a great collaboration. Moving on into the next segment, we have a few questions from the Blur the Border team. So they ask, what is the one skill that you recommend a budding or aspiring stylist to develop before or when they're joining the industry? I will impart that same knowledge that my very first boss imparted on me. Mm-hmm. Your job is to bring people together. Mm-hmm. You're not making the clothes. Yeah. But you're curating it. Yeah. You've got to value it. Yeah. You've got to understand that the heart lies on every thread. So that is the first education you need to give to stylists. Yeah. I mean, another, like, what do I say? An advice that I got from my international fashion school was uh, have a sense of humor. Yeah. I think stylists need to have a sense of humor. They need to know what's going on in the world. They need they need to know, even if it's got nothing to do with clothes. The thing is, you know, should be, we've been educated with this, but I don't know if the kids nowadays are do know that. Do people still know about how the economy affected the hemlines? Remember that kind of yeah. education that we had? Yeah. I wonder if they still have that. Or even if they do, I wonder if they really... Keep her in mind for the rest of the life. I hope, yeah. So that is something that's very important to, you need to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so that's number two. And I think also very important. So the next question they have for you is, as you reach up to a senior level as a stylist, does it get easier? In terms of skill, I wouldn't say it ever gets easy because every day is a new day. And the good thing or the bad thing but I would say actually good thing. The good thing about fashion is that it changes. Mm-hmm. So what you did six years ago, you know you're not going to do it now. So you need to do, you need to keep developing a set of new skills in terms of basically your basic talent of putting things together. 
what gets easy is the process. Sometimes you do yeah. go on autopilot mode because you know what's going to happen where and you yeah. know what's going to be. And this is something that happens in every industry, right? If you're working with the same people or the yeah. same kind of people you've been working with. So you know them also really well. You know the way they work. Yeah. So processes, I feel, get really easy. Skills never get easy. It's the same. And in fact, it keeps changing. Right. So you have to keep learning every day. Like, I feel like even if I can have like 20 years of experience on, on my 21st year also, I can still do a shitty shoot. Yeah. With badly put together or maybe, you know, like, what is this? This is so outdated or this is like, you've got to move in with the times and that's really important. So it's just, it's, a, it's at the it's end of the day, creative, creative it's a creative process. But no, even in a creative process, fashion particularly being more challenging because it changes so much. Mm-hmm. So if you are in an industry that is ever changing and that's the best part about it. Yeah. You can't be like, okay, I've done with the learning. No, that never happens. Thank you so much for that. Such a pleasure to talk to you. As always, we can go on, I think. I think we could go on for a while. (laughs) But thank you so much. Thank you, Sur. And that was our conversation with Isha. So many years of styling experience summed up into a few minutes. If you like this episode, please follow us on your favorite streaming channel.